بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد نسلی علیہ رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ سنائٹ از دا تھرڈ آف فیبروری ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ ٹوینٹی فور of the eminent companion, Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As And yesterday I spent the session introducing some of his blessed family members. And the last thing I mentioned was his noble brother, Sayyidina Hisham ibn al-As And I mentioned that he was martyred either in the battle of Ajnadain or in the battle of Yarmouk. So most of the blessed scholars, Rahimahumullah, they mentioned it was at Yarmouk that this most blessed man was martyred because there's a report. Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As, who was asked, who has more virtue, you or your brother? Sayyidina Amr said, I and Hisham both fought in the battle of Yarmouk. And we had both supplicated to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for martyrdom. <coughs> I was denied it and he received it. Subhanallah. So this is recorded in Al-Isaba, page 695 of the New English Translation. So again, this question was posed to Amr himself. He was, who is greater? You or your brother? So he gave a beautiful answer. He basically said that myself and my younger brother... We fought in the battle of Yarmouk and we both made du'a for martyrdom. This shows they weren't concerned about dunya. He goes, I was denied it. He received it. So what did he say? He surely better. Because why did Allah deprive me of martyrdom? And why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless him with martyrdom? So in a very beautiful way, he was explaining that his younger brother was honored above him. And this is very similar to Sayyidina Umar when his older brother Sayyidina Zayd ibn al-Khattab was, bought, was uh, martyred in the battle of Yamama he would later say my brother beat me to the two great things he beat me in embracing Islam and he beat me to martyrdom so subhanallah here in this authentic report in Al-Bidayah, Umar radiallahu said the same about his older brother. Because he embraced Islam before me. Because Umar embraced Islam in the fifth or sixth year of the prophethood. His brother Zayd embraced Islam very early. And his brother was martyred in Abu Bakr's Khalifat. And Umar of course was martyred at the, at the end of his own Khalifat. So note the similarity between Amr ibn al-As. And his brother, i.e. Hisham ibn al-As, and Umar ibn al-Khattab, and his brother, Zayd ibn al-Khattab. And note, the two great things are Islam and martyrdom. As mentioned, some scholars, i.e. such as Hafiz ibn Qatir, who I cited yesterday, they mentioned it was Sayyidina Hisham ibn al-As, together with another who was sent to Heraclius. So to insult your intelligence, Heraclius was the Roman emperor. He was the one who Rasulullah had sent a letter to 
to invite him to Islam. Abu Bakr the Khalif, this time he sends two Sahaba to him. One was Ahmad ibn al-As's younger brother, Hisham ibn al-As, and there was another. In a lengthy report, it is mentioned that Abu Bakr radiyallahu during his Khalifat had one sent Sayyidina Hisham ibn al-As radiyallahu and another companion to Heraclius, the emperor of the Roman Empire. It is related that the emperor hosted them for three days and then began to show them compartments which were covered with black silk. So what happened? So obviously they were sent, inviting maybe again Heraclius to the blessed truth. Heraclius graciously hosted them. And after three days, he started to produce some sort of black compartments with silk. When he uncovered the compartments, they were shown the images of the holy prophets, Adam, Nuh, Ibrahim, after which he opened a compartment which showed an image of Rasulullah. It is related. He then asked Heraclius, Do you know who this is? We replied in shock, Of course, it is Rasulullah. We thereupon began to weep. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that Heraclius stood up for a while in shock and he then sat down. <coughs> he then said, Do you swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that it is he? We answered undoubtedly, It is as if you are looking at him in person, doing nothing for a while as he looked at us. Heraclius thereupon said, This was the last of my compartments. I opened it earlier than I should just to see what your reaction would be. So let's look at this. So this is recorded in Hakim, Behaki, Abu Nu'im, Kanzal Omal, Volume 5, page 322. Hafiz ibn Kathir in his Al-Bidaya stated Sahih. Ayat al-Sahaba, Volume 5, page 470 of the New English Translation. So basically, Heraclius, he's got the treasures of the ancients and he had the images of the prophets. So obviously, if you go in chronological order, Rasulullah should be the last compartment. But he did that with his wisdom to test the companions. Because if he went in order, they would have expected the prophet to be the last. So he wanted to make sure they were not lying to him. So who did he show first? He showed Adam. And if you look at the report, <coughs> the companions, they weren't convinced. They were thinking, obviously, you know, how do we, how does he know this is Adam? Then they were shown Nuh, same, same response. Then they were shown Ibrahim, and then only then he showed the Prophet. And then of course the reaction, they started to weep. They wept because they realized he truly has got the images of the prophets. So look how interesting. Both of them are shocked. One of those strange situations where both are shocked. Heraclius is shocked because it's the prophet. They proved it's the prophet. How can the other ones be a how can the others be prophets and they not? He not be a prophet. Secondly, they're shocked. Because they're thinking he really has got the images of the prophets. And of course, Heraclius then, it mentions, 
He thereupon opened the other compartments in the order revealing the images of Musa, Harun, Lut, Ishaq, Yaqub, Ismail, Yusuf, Dawood, Suleiman, and Isa. So, this is a long report, I'm summarizing it. He started showing all the images of the other prophets. Sayyidina Hisham ibn al-As thereupon said, We then asked him, Where did you get these images from? We now know that they depict exactly what these prophets look like. For we have seen the image of our beloved exactly as he was. Heraclius thereupon clarified, These images were given first to Adam when he asked his Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala to show him the prophets from his children. They then lay in the treasures of Adam at the place where the sun sets. Dhulqarnin removed it from there and gave it to Daniel. Listen well. I swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I prefer to abandon my kingdom to become a slave for the worst master amongst you and to die like that. I but my kingdom prevents me. He then gave us the most superb gifts and bid his farewell. So stop in the report. So now look at this incredible honor. Uh, of all of the Sahaba, there was only two who were shown the images of the other prophets. So you could say this is coincidence, but really this is not coincidence. Who did Allah the Almighty and Glorious give the honor to show these noble men to? Hisham, Amr ibn al-As's younger brother. And look what he said. Where did you get these images from? He goes, definitely we know they're, they're true because you had Rasulullah's image. And then look our interest. Heraclius gives the history. So being the head of the church, he's ended up with artifacts. And he said, they were first given to Adam because he asked to show children prophets. So that makes complete sense. He's the father of humanity. You'd expect him to ask to see the prophets. So Allah gave him this gift. So there's no point saying who painted it, who brushed it. Allah gave it. Then they lay in the treasures of Adam, meaning it was passed on to his descendants. And then it lay where the sun sets. So why does it mention where the sun sets? Because this is where the Quran says that Zulkarnain traveled where the sun set in the murky waters. Zulkarnain removed it from there and look at the clue. He gave it to Daniel. So now this explains something. Zulkarnain Radiallahu is not a prophet. So how is he getting all this knowledge from? Where to go? And why is Allah talking to him direct in the Quran? Because there was a prophet with him. And which prophet is explicitly mentioned here that was with him? Daniel. Or in English, Daniel. And then look what Heraclius said. He goes, I swear to God, I would abandon my kingdom. Let alone being a servant of your prophet, I would be a servant of the worst ones amongst your, the companions. And I would love to die in that state 
but my kingdom prevents me. Then he gave them superb gifts, not just like, you know, cute trinkets, superb gifts, and he bid his farewell. The report continues. We thereupon returned to Abu Bakr, and reported to him everything we had seen, and everything that Heraclius had told us. So imagine, Abu Bakr must have been shot, Abu Bakr, he himself thereupon began to weep. And he said, Poor man, had Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will good for him, he would have embraced the glorious religion. Rasulullah had informed us, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that they, either Christians as well as the Jews, have the description of Muhammad with them, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, subhanallah. This is recorded in Hakim, Behaki, Abu Nu'im, Kanzul Oman, volume 5, page 322. Hafiz ibn Kathir in his Al-Bidayah stated Sahih, Ayat al-Sahabu, volume 5, page 470 of the New English Translation. So Abu Bakr, why did he weep? So he wept because obviously of these treasures. He wept that they had the honor of seeing the Prophet again and he didn't. He wept, obviously, maybe out of pity for Heraclius. Because if he had goodness, he would have embraced Islam, but he didn't. And then he confirmed that the Prophet had mentioned so much to them and the Jews, and we shouldn't find it strange. Mm. So the Quran says, they know him like their own sons. Mm. So we shouldn't find that strange. Now obvious question, do these treasures still remain? And where are they? So if you go chronologically on, you go to the head of the Catholic Church. And who is the head of the Catholic Church? The Pope. And where is he based? The Vatican. Haven't they got treasures of antiquity? They themselves testify. Have they given access to the masses to see all of them? No, they haven't. Why have they not allowed the masses to see certain antiques? Because obviously, if they show this, why are you Christian? So this is why the scholars say, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroy those who deliberately are hiding the truth amongst these misguided ones. Not them Christians per se, because they're bachari. It's the hierarchy. And the Prophet himself said that a certain number of Jews, if they embrace Islam, the whole of the Jews would embrace Islam. He mentioned a number in Sayyid Muslim. So he's blaming the hierarchy. They're hiding the truth. And this is always the case. Right? And also, this is another important point. Some of them actually embraced Islam, but outwardly they still look Christian. And the proof of that is Salman al Farsi's teachers. Salman al Farsi, the who went from teacher to teacher, they were Christians outwardly. But eventually he was guided to Rasulullah. And when he questioned the Prophet Abai, his, and the, Allah Ta'ala then revealed to the Prophet that they were Muslims. <coughs> So why did they not openly proclaim Islam? Because maybe out of fear that the family may be harmed or this, that, and the other. So, same question. Are they Christians like this in today's day and age? Certainly. So maybe in the Vatican, there's hidden Muslims. Right? Whatever the case, look how interesting. Ancient. And why have I mentioned this here? Because this was Amr ibn al-As's brother. Hisham ibn al-As, radiyallahu. Note. It must, however, be stated 
that other scholars rahimahumullah have stated that this was not sayyidana hisham ibn al-as radiyallahu the brother of amr but another companion with the same name who was from the tribe of banu umayyah those allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best so now why do i say that because hafiz ibn kathir clearly said that this was amr ibn al-as's brother so to reiterate what did he say in al-bidayah in the chapter on those who passed away in the year 13 ah hafiz ibn kathir rahmatullah alayhi he said sayyidana abu bakr radiyallahu had sent him during his khilafat to the emperor of rome so hafiz ibn kathir would not have said that unless he was convinced but other ulama said there was another companion by the same name and there's a possibility it may have been him and the reason i mentioned that is so you let you know that look this was also maybe a popular name so there is a slight difference of opinion but whatever the case it makes sense that it was amr's brother why because of his early embracing islam so whatever the reality may be may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be well pleased with a noble muhajir mujahid and ultimately martyr companion sayyidana hisham ibn al-as radiyallahu and forgive us all for his honorable sake amen so now turning to amr ibn al-as himself radiyallahu it is sufficient to recollect that ibn abi mulaika rahmatullah alayh relates that sayyidana talha ibn ubaidullah said radiyallahu la uhaddithu an rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wasallam shay'an illa anni sami'tu yaqul I do not usually relate anything from Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam but I have heard him say inna amr ibn al-as min salih quraish verily amr ibn al-as radiyallahu is amongst the righteous of the quraish subhanallah this is recorded in tirmidhi number 3845 in the chapter on al-manaqib ahmad in his musnad number 1382 like i mentioned Ibn Abi Mulaika did not see or hear directly from Talha therefore there's a slight weakness Ma'rifatul Ahadith volume 4 614 of the New English Translation So this weakness like I keep stressing is very minor because Ibn Abi Mulaika is a senior tabi'in however he never met or heard directly from Talha So how is it possible that the report says Ibn Abi Mulaika relates from Talha there's some person missing in the chains how do we know it's a minor weakness because if he was listening very carefully which great muhaddith recorded this hadith Tirmidhi so Imam Tirmidhi was happy he recorded this report as did Imam Ahmad so what does the hadith say Talha ibn Ubaidullah look what he said something very important radiyallahu la uhaddithu an rasulullah I don't usually relate anything from Rasulullah. Look at the contrast. He had the full term with the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam 23 years. And he goes, I don't relate anything from him. It's not my pattern. It's not my habit. But I will tell you this. I heard Rasulullah say so this is important. Why? Talha, he doesn't narrate. He doesn't like narrating. He feared Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But well, this was so important because I'm an narrator. Because I heard Rasulullah say, "Sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Inna amrabna al-asi min salih Quraysh. Verily, amrabna al-as.
is one of the righteous of the Quraysh. So question, why was it so important for Sayyidina Talha, one of the senior 10 promised paradise companions, to relate this hadith? You know, the face of it, okay, is talking about the virtues of Amr. Because you have to understand the context in which he was relating this. Because people were speaking ill of Amr, lying about it, saying he's this and he's that. And to this very day, people do speak ill of him. So Talha, like you say, he put it to bed. He goes, as if to say, do you trust me? Am I going to lie about the Prophet? He says, I don't know But I'm going to one to you now. Then he calls the Hadith. Now look at the wording. The Prophet didn't say, Amr ibn al-As is one of the righteous of the Quraysh. He added a word. He said, Inna, verily. So in Arabic, Inna is to stress what's coming after. Now you put an exclamation mark at the end of a sentence in English. What is that exclamation mark do at the end? It's stressing what's being mentioned. If, so if you say, for example, stop with a full stop, there's no stress. You put an exclamation mark at the end of it. Now you're stressing it. Stop. Inna is the equivalent in Arabic, but it goes at the beginning of the sentence. So in English, you'd say this. Amr ibn al-As is one of the righteous of the Quraysh, exclamation mark. So a person goes, why is that being stressed? Because the Prophet knew. As if to say, look, I'm telling you that he's righteous. He's one of the righteous of the Quraysh. Don't doubt him. Hence, subhanallah, when our beloved Messenger described anyone as righteous, it does clearly meant that he or she for that matter were observing both the rights of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that of the creation. Those, this is an immense praise. Because Rasulullah only praises those who deserve the praise. He is called the praised one, Muhammad. He's praising. So if the praised one is praising, what does that tell you? That means that Amr ibn al-As is fulfilling the rights not only of the Almighty and Glorious, he's fulfilling the rights of the creation at a very high degree. And the Prophet was stressing this as well, if you look at how he was narrating this. So we mentioned the family members. There's another noble soul we need to mention. Sayyida Um Kulthum bint Uqba. She was another wife of Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As. So who was the wife I mentioned yesterday? Who was the mother of Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As? Raita. Raita bint Munabbih. So we're not talking about her. The mother of Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As. We're now talking about another wife. What's her name? Um Kulthum, the same as Rasulullah's daughter. For she is the daughter of Uqba. Another blessed wife of Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As was Sayyida Um Kulthum bint Uqba. So what do we know about her? She was the sister of Amir al-Mu'mineen Sayyidina Uthman. So again, this is the problem. Your blogs. 
Mashallah, another job lost. As soon as you mention one fight, next many, what the? Hey? But there you go. So who's Amr married? Normal woman. He's married Uthman's sister. So how are they related? Uthman's mother and Um Kultum's mother, brother and sister, was Sayyida Arwa, radiyallahu. Sayyida Arwa, radiyallahu, she was the daughter of Al-Bayda, who was Al-Bayda. She was the twin sister of Rasulullah's father, Abdullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Dos, Sayyida Arwa, radiyallahu, was the first cousin of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, i.e. his paternal aunt's daughter. So let's break this down. So who's Rasulullah's father? Abdullah Did you know she had a, he had a twin sister? <laughs> now think about that. If you have an aunt, they deserve all your love and respect because they're your mother and father's brother and sister. But what if they're the twin of your father and sister? You can't get closer than that. The twin of Abdullah was Sayyida who? Sayyida Bayda. Sayyida Al-Bayda. So Sayyida Al-Bayda she had a daughter called Arwa. So Arwa, how is she related to Rasulullah? Cousins, first cousin. Dos, Subhanallah, Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As, radiyallahu, became the brother-in-law of Uthman Dhul Nurin. You understood? Right? So Uthman, He's also the same relation to the Prophet but his sister was the grandmother, was the aunt of Rasulullah, the twin aunt of Rasulullah. Uthman and Um Kultum, brothers and sisters, Amr has married the granddaughter of the aunt of Rasulullah. Hafiz Zahabi, he said, Rahmatullah in his seer. Sayyida Um Kultum bint Uqba was from those women who migrated. She embraced Islam in Makkah and gave her pledge of allegiance. It took her seven years to prepare to migrate. Aye, she was being kept watched over. She eventually migrated during the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. Let's break this down. So Hafiz Zahabi, he wrote a work called Asir i.e. the lives of the nobles. Hafiz Zahabi was a student of Hafiz ibn Taymiyyah. So he relates that Um Kultum bint Uqba was a woman from Makkah. She migrated, so she's a muhajira. But something strange about her. She only, it took her seven years to migrate. Meaning, something was stopping her from migrating. She only managed to migrate when the Treaty of Hudaybiyah was signed. That was in the seventh year. So that means she wanted to migrate with Rasulullah. When he migrated, but she was being watched over by her unbelieving family. She was prevented. But eventually she migrated. So we learned two things about her thus far. She's an early Muslim and she had a yearning to migrate and eventually she did migrate at the end.
and inshallah we will continue from here on. So all I mentioned today was adding a few more details with regards to the noble brother of Sayyidina Amr, Ayy Hisham ibn al-As, that he was certainly more honored than his noble elder brother. And Amr testified to that. And then I mentioned, as promised, why he was sent to the Roman emperor and the incredible honor given to him and the other companion that they observed the images of the previous prophets, and then I mentioned the report about Amr ibn al-As from Rasulullah that he is one of the righteous of the Quraysh and the authority of Talha. And then now we're beginning the other subsection talking about his other blessed wife who was the sister of Uthman, Um Qultum bin Uqba. Are there any questions you like to ask? Thank you.